A one, a two, a one, two, three, four! Music at a rational volume. Hey everybody, thanks for clicking the button for the Music at a Rational Volume podcast. I'm Nate. I'm Kyle. Sorry, I'm joking, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, don't choke, dude. Uh, tonight on the podcast, we'll be doing a little bit of a deep divey playlist into the music that appeals to us most. We're going to be doing a Desert Island Top 10-ish list. The songs that if we were stuck without access to any other music at all, these are the songs we'd be happiest to have with us. By the way, I was going to keep it at 10, but Nate went 12, so then I went 12. And so, you know, any, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I, went, I went 10 with um, some tagalongs, and then Kyle went 12 plus 2. Well, so. One of them's not even on there, though. So <laughs> that's why I went with the extra one, and then there's an uh, extra one. But yeah. we'll talk about that one, too. So, all right, you want me to go through my list first? Uh, yeah, just start, well, give me a little bit of a breakdown. Why, why these? What, uh, what? How did you produce this list? I just went through this, uh, and part of it was off the top of my head, just writing stuff, songs that I liked. I made a list of I think fifty-five or something like that. I went through my CDs and my computer, and if there's uh, old uh mixtapes and whatnot and just finding all the songs that i really really liked and then kind of whittled it down from there this one makes it this one doesn't this one not as good so that's about it i feel pretty good about this i'm sure that'll be later be like oh man you forgot that one that's fine no i found that too the 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 ones i picked it could have easily been 12 other songs it just kind of at this moment at yeah, it depends time. on the day, depends on the year, but yeah, exactly. But, yeah. I want to say that too. This is this is the, my favorite songs. I don't care if anybody doesn't like them or if Nate doesn't like them, because um, your list is yours and mine is mine, and um, that's it. So, are these the best songs uh, I've ever heard? Yeah. So these these are my favorite ones. These yeah. ones well, I, I, think, could, I never I think get there's sick of. there's the is it good. You know, and the fat answer is yes. I think to get to this level, there has to be some resonance beyond just the fact that it's a good song. It has to have some kind of meaning or some kind of nostalgia or some kind of extra thing that makes it a thing that you crave above other stuff that makes you happy to hear it, that makes you feel something or encapsulates a time and a place that you want to remember and you want to live in. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. All that stuff. But um I think what makes this uh, the Desert Island list is songs I never get never get sick of. So oh, yeah. even if I hear them a lot, so there's other ones on the list that uh, that I had that uh, I thought, well, nah, I'd get tired of that one after a while. So then that one went. It's not a bad song. Right. It's just um, these are better. So this is a an all time anytime kind of tune. Yeah, and I like both of our lists. Actually, are really really good. So. Yeah, I, I was surprised at yours a little bit, and I'll I mean, we'll get there when we get there. It's so awesome. <laughs> I mean, I was surprised that it was 
as awesome as it is, I guess. Well, there's no Kiss songs <laughs> on here. There's no Alice Cooper songs. That was a little surprising. They did make the, you know, the 55, but, um, yeah. you know, cuts have to come. And so, obviously, those guys still live with me, but um, right. these would be the, the ones that I would take with forever. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that. There were, there were no monkeys on there either. Yeah. Ag- again, you know. They're on the fifty-five. They just didn't make the yeah. the twelve-man roster, so. which which I think is an interesting um, point because th- those were three notable uh, inclusions on your top five artists. Pet Shop uh, Boys was another one. They're not on yeah. here either. So that's that's just how it goes. Yeah, but but I think that's you know just because they make you know a lot of the songs that exist between. 15 and 200 you know th- these this is the top the very very top of the list of things that mean the most yeah some of these bands i don't even like but this song is just like holy crap this yeah. is great so all right you want to get started on my list yeah uh give them to me so i'll start at the bottom then i put on here um stand up let's get murdered by pos from the audition album 2007 the next one, <laughs> the Black Kids of Underestimated My Charm from their debut album, uh, Party Traumatic. The next one is Lou Reed, The Last Great American Whale from the New York album, 1989. Phantom Rocker and Slick. The song is My Mistake. The next one is Love Spit Love, Half a Life from their debut record. I wasn't going to put uh, Peter Wolf's song Come As You Are from the album Come As You Are from 1987, but they don't have it on Spotify. And I've never seen it on streaming servers ever. Jerk faces. The <laughs> next one I've got, number seven, is Guster. The song is Careful. Number six is Material Issue Help Me Land from the Freak City soundtrack, the last track on there. It's great. Uh, Jimmy Eat World Authority song from Bleed American. Loverboy. Nate's Canadian favorite. The song is Jump, mm-hmm. Get Lucky, 1981. Smithereens, Blue Period. And let's see, the Jayhawks, of course, with Blue. And then Concrete Blonde, Joey is the best song I've ever heard. Love Interesting. it. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, I, I really I really like your top f- f- four or five. Twelve. Probably six. Twelve. Uh, help me. Uh, material Issue is Great. a little hit and miss with me. But. Uh, Joey, I love, and I'm surprised to see it at number one for you. I've just, I, from the first time I've heard that, I'm like, holy crap, that's good. Jeanette, yeah, she sees the crap out of it. She is just, she's kind of whispering and kind of crying and really belts it. Yeah, she's just, the lyrics are great. Vocals are perfect. She's got that deeper, kind of huskier voice. It, it's fantastic it's a love she song can, it's a breakup song yeah she can belt though when she when she get lets it go she's killer and she's playing bass yeah. at the same time come on what's not to like what's not to like the drummer hits really hard i don't know who that guitar player is you guys can look it up but the solo is perfect fits right in where it needs to be uh without overplaying yeah. i never get sick of that anytime it's on the radio turn it up it's yeah, always no, good. I, I I totally agree with you. It didn't make my list, obviously, but uh, very um, 
Of course not. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, next song I have is Blue by the Jayhawks. If you've heard uh, any of course. the Jayhawks song, you've heard this. Nate, you like this one too. Why? I, it's, it's that first line. I mean, the rest of the song is good, but that it, it just catches you. Um, yeah. Where have all my friends gone? They've all disappeared. all disappeared. Yeah. Turned around. Yeah. You know, just, I, I think it, it immediately starts off with a kind of vibe and a frame that everyone experiences, particularly after high school, particularly after that kind of window where you lose all of the people that you've known for your entire life. Yep. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap. Now what? Yeah, it's just to me. Well, this album, Tomorrow the Greengrass, 1995, is my favorite Jayhawks record. It's one of my top five favorite albums ever. Maybe my favorite album of all time. Blue starts it off and sets the bar really high, and the rest of the record stays pretty much in there. But um, it defines 90s alt-country for me. I mean, that's that's the sound of it. But oh, yeah, this totally one is, that. is not one that I had to, to work to get into. It's very effortless to play it. And if anybody wants to start on find out what the Jayhawks are about. It's got that uh, the Gary Loris, Mark Olson harmonies throughout mm-hmm. what they're known for. If you don't like this song, you're not going to like anything else they do. But It I is their best song. I think. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I, I, it is. I don't think anything's better. So always been one of my favorites in Desert Island for sure. All right, next one I got, uh, Blue Period. Uh, from the Smithereens album 11, 1989. This was not a big hit for them. I think it was their third single. Yeah. Linda Carlisle sings background vocals on it, which just it's adds kind to of a it. weird pull. Like, she doesn't really do much on the song other than float around in the background. Exactly. I mean, it's definitely not a duet. And, um, like, she doesn't sing a verse. She's really tucked right under Pat's vocals. I think it, it really boosts it and fattens the um, fattens up the song, the uh, the vocal parts. I think it's fantastic. I mean, it's so much better than it would have been just him alone. It's got that cello in it. I don't know who came up with that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like the typical Smithereen song. And no, there weren't just, a lot of cellos in 1989. No, it's just rock, you know. World. It was weird and great. I loved it the first second I heard it. Uh, yeah, we talked a lot about it. We did. Yeah, when we did the album, um, the greatest albums of all time. And yeah, I don't think anything's changed. I think that is totally worthy of the position you put it in. No, we, we both love this record a lot, but that song in particular has always blown me away. Yeah, breakup songs. So, you know, it's a good. Yep. Okay, next one I've got Lover Boys Jump. The album Get Lucky, 1981. This was a huge record, understatement. Tons of hits on it. Jump got some radio play. Just an ass kicker, and just I love everything about it. Unapologetically, politically incorrect lyrics. Mike Reno just kills. I mean, the whole band's good. And this is one of those bands that's pretty much had the same guys the whole time. Yeah, It's... so I was good. really surprised by this one for you. I mean, not that I don't like it, but what it, what about this particular one resonates with you? What about this song? Yeah. Because there's a lot of similar kinds of things that were happening in, in the early 80s. 
And while I, I totally like this song, don't get me wrong. Right. But I just kind of uh, interested to see, like, what is part your of the reason it? is it didn't get overplayed. Okay. Um, so every time I hear it, it sounds fresh and fantastic. And I like everything about production's amazing on it. These musicians of this band are, are top notch. And. Um, you know, Mike Reno always kills me. It's just got a lot of drive to it. I just really mm-hmm. like the song a lot. Okay. I don't really have anything beyond whatever else I've said. It, it just grabs you in the place. Every single time. All right. That's Every all, that's all you need. Yeah. For sure. This other one, too, kind of that same thing. Uh, Jimmy Eat World has a song called The Authority Song um, from Bleed American. Not a big Jimmy World fan, but this mm-hmm. song, it wasn't a hit, no, but no. I love so much about it. It's a fun power pop song. Um, Jim Atkins, Tom Linton, Jim and Tom are kind of the heart and soul of the band. They're not the mm-hmm. only ones in it, but co-lead vocal on it. So it's, it's not even like harmony vocal so much. It's just both right. of them singing the song. And the lyrics are really good. That line in there, the DJ never has it, JMC automatic. If you're a hipster and you know what that means, that's really cool. (laughs) We will probably talk about the Jesus and Mary Chains album automatic at some time. It is great. It is good, for sure. It's a good song. Um, I I really love it. Yeah, I mean, I I think I would be more of a Jimmy World guy than you are. Particularly the middle, I think, is one is my favorite Jimmy World song. But you can't go wrong with with this particular one. I think it has something that I think we'll talk about the, that a lot uh, during this episode about these songs that were maybe maybe like the Lover Boy, where it just wasn't overplayed, but probably should have been. Like it, it, it's better than it should have been. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned the middle that they played the crap out of that great yeah, song. But, um, yeah, overexposed maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe maybe enough already. Yeah, you know, I probably could have put Summer '69 on here, but it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. I just heard that on the radio today. You know, and that got played a little too much. They seem like when they hooked onto a song in the '80s and '90s, they played the crap out of it. Yeah, so bled it to death. Yeah, I think that might be part of it with this one. It's one I discovered on my own. It's not, you know, it wasn't on a playlist or something. I just stumbled upon it, and so that's yeah. part of the magic of it too. So there's there's something about that where you're just like, where it just shows up in your life, and you're like, what is happening? This is amazing. Yeah. So so it's my song. You know, it's kind of meant for me. So yeah. even though, and I've got four or five of their records. I don't dislike Jimmy, but I don't like everything that they do. So yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, next one I've got. This is a band I do like everything they've done. Material issue helped me land from the Freak City soundtrack, or actually, it's from Freak City soundtrack. I don't believe it's a movie. There's no uh, definite from 1994. article. This is their last record where Jim Ellison was still alive and putting out stuff. This is a less than two minute kind of power pop meets punk mm-hmm. rock song. That has everything I like about Material Issue. It's, it's just wonderful. The guitar solo is classic Jim Ellison. It's just kind of a very 
simple. It fits fine. If you just listen to the song, you don't really think about that much. It's not one of those memorable guitar solos, but I think this is kind of what Nirvana would have wanted to be like a power pop band. That's really fun and really good uh, without making those nonsense lyrics. I think that's probably a good pull. I I don't think Nirvana ever had it in them though. They're a little too self-destructive. Probably not, but you know, that was, you know, we're such Beatles fan. We wanted to be the Beatles. I'm like, you guys weren't anywhere like the Beatles (laughs) in any way, but you have nothing. No, but with material issue, they were uh, from Chicago. They had a three piece band. And so, you know, they were going to use whoever they had. They didn't bring in another guitarist to play the guitar solo. Like, well, this is Jim's song. Let Jim play it. It's a simple little thing and and it fills up that space and it's fine. I love it. I mean, there's a lot of songs I could have put on for material issue, but that's one of my favorites. Yeah, that just grabs you more. Yep. Nice. Um, What do we got? Oh, um, another song I stumbled across was a band called Guster. Uh, I like the Guster. The song is Careful. This one I'm surprised because I know I've put on some Guster Guster tunes on some some mixtapes. Yeah. And you haven't really dug it, so right. This one's kind of an interesting pull for you. Freaking, this is one of those songs that I like by a band that I don't really like. Even this album, which I own, eh, it doesn't do a lot for me. This right. is kind of a Nate song for sure, but this song <laughs> is fantastic. I think I first heard it. I think they did a um, a record. No, a radio station, um, kind of a promotional thing, and they played this, and the studio version's not much different. Yeah, but I thought, man, that's really good. And so I checked them out. I'm like, well, I don't like a lot of their stuff, but this song just blows me away. It's really, really good. It it is one of their better ones. I'll give you that for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of interesting uh, that this one grabs you when. Because I think they have better songs, but they yeah, don't. I, <laughs> no, you, you, you're simply wrong. <laughs> they just don't. This is easily their best song, and if they do nothing else, you know what? That they, you've done enough. That's a life's work right in that song. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> I did, I just don't know. You can't always explain why this one just rips your head off every single time and it did right away from the beginning i loved it and um yeah they don't have any better songs yeah that's great no i i'm sure i'm sure there's gonna be some on my list where you're you're gonna be like what there's one in particular that that i will tell you that yeah you probably know what it is but i I do and i don't care okay i'm gonna talk about (laughs) another song that's not on the spotify playlist simply because it's not on spotify because you suck, Spotify. Can't believe you're doing this. Peter Wolf, <laughs> the lead singer from the Jay Giles band, when he went solo, he made an album in 1987 called Come As You Are. It's not on, I, I don't think it's on any streaming as far as I can tell. It might be on, I don't know. But anyway, the song Come As You Are, it was top 20. I think it was number 15. So it was popular, but the video is freaking great. You can get, there's a grainy version of it on YouTube, but go watch the video. Come as you are by Peter Wolf. It's so much fun. Um, 
I don't know, it's just quintessential 80s song. It doesn't yeah. have to have a lot of deep meaning. It's just a really fun, great pop song. Yeah, it is very indicative of the time, for sure. I'm going to choose to take offense to that. All right. <laughs> What's the next one we got? I, I like I like it. Leave oh, me. sure you do, Nate. Take a personal one, don't you? You can't win people back down, Nate. You went too far. <laughs> the next one I got, number nine, then. Love Spit Love, Half a Life from their debut record. It's just, it's genius from start to finish. Hey, tell me why it is genius. Genius? Yeah. Uh, this like one I, I, I genius level didn't really know before, so I couldn't really tell you. Um, Love Sweet Love does have a couple of tunes that I've heard before. Um, yeah, because I put them on but, like thirty mixtapes, including the song. <laughs> but this one never really penetrated my radar. You know, I, I think that's because um, you're a terrible person. Well, among other, song, among other reasons. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one of the reasons. One of the many possible reasons, but yes. But I, I, th- I, I think I understand why this one appeals to you. I think I get um, why this one tickles your fancy in a way that it doesn't quite get mine. Really? Because maybe you can you explain to me then, because I don't really know. <laughs> well, I, it's 94, but it doesn't sound like a 94 song. If you know what I mean, like, it certainly I, takes me back to '94. The, the reason I found "Love Spit Love" is because where I was living at the time in our apartment, we played MTV a lot, and 120 minutes, 180 minutes, whatever it's called, 120 minutes. Um, they played this some song. measure of time. They played a song called "Am I Wrong," which is the lead single from this. They played it all the time, and I was like, "Wow, this is actually really, really good." And so I sought them out, and um, I ended up buying the album kind of more recently, maybe ten years ago. But yeah, this song on here, "Half a Life," is I like the structure of it. Um, the mandolin and the guitar and the organ all together. Richard Butler sounds quintessential Richard Butler. Yeah. Just that kind of, you know, you can tell he smokes 30 packs a day and just <laughs> has that kind of growl in his voice. Very, I don't know, industrial English town kind of thing. I love everything yeah. about it. The entire song, start to finish, the lyrics. I don't know what it's about. I don't really care. <laughs> it's just brilliant. Yeah, I don't think you have to have a reason, right? Because you know, I I really loved the the what everybody's heard. It's called "Am I Wrong?" Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Like that one, I think is really great. I think the thing that I think about with them is they they sound like a band out of time. Like I, I kind of feel like they belong in the eighties. Yeah, I I could go with that. I mean, that's not in a bad way. I just mean, um, kind of a kind of a unique thing. And I think you're right about the the vocals. I think they are definitely a unique sound. And I, th- I, I don't know. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe if you like that thing, then you're going to be drawn to it more. Yeah, and the guitarist Richard Fortas, he went on actually to be in Guns and Roses when they had that abominable lineup that they had but he was probably in the band i don't know 
20 years maybe yeah. was in a long okay. time the drummer was too i can't remember his name i forgive me for that but he was also in guns and roses so maybe that kind of sound appealed to axel rose and could be so i'm gonna put you guys in here but um yeah it doesn't sound like you said it doesn't sound dated to any particular time period so yeah okay the next song i got is a small band that didn't really blow up from 1985 phantom rocker and slick which is slim jim phantom and lee rocker from stray cats and a guy named earl slick who's a session guitarist fantastic uh, guitar right. and lee rocker sings sings these songs and the second single my mistake always blew me away and that was really hard to find for a long time it wasn't on streaming until recently the last couple of three years but this one's out of 1985 and they kind of have that older kind of rolling stones sound to them in fact keith richards plays the guitar solo on this one he's not in the video but <laughs> back when he was uh not ancient i don't know why he's well he always looked ancient but i don't know why he's not in the video they make it clear that it's not um earl playing the okay. solo they kind of have this thing with the anyway go watch the video it's really really cool again this one's really grainy version on youtube but it's there and it's fun and it's definitely indicative of what was going on around that time for uh, 80s hard rock it's great cool. i think it just got lost in that sea of really good music yeah and kind of a weird I name for the band heard, none, so. heard nothing about it well, i think you were three when it came out so <laughs> uh maybe it definitely got some press i didn't know this until later but they did make a second record but it tanked hard and then they broke up and yeah. Yeah, you guys went back to Drake cats and Earl was doing session stuff anyway that's the end of that so yeah huh. okay next song i got is last great american whale by lou reed why did this make the list? I I don't know. I don't get Lou Reed. It, it's not my jam. It's not my flavor. You like this one, though. Come on. And I'm not the Lou Reed guy. Trust me. I am not. <laughs> I it's fine. I have none I don't of those records. It. No, my brother had uh, one of those Greenpeace cassettes that was kind of a mixtape that had, I think, environmental type songs on it okay and if you listen to the story in this song i think it's funny and it's kind of it's uh it's very lou reedy kind of vocals sure. sort of that yeah. talking more than singing but it, it's I it's no it. wild side no but it is kind of that same type of yeah, it's it probably less singing than wild side just um sort of talks his way through this I don't know if it was a drug fueled trip he had, but it's great. <laughs> it's, but it is also on his his nineteen eighty nine record New York with is probably underrated. That's got some other good stuff on it too. All right, moving on. Um, the Black Kids, a very I don't know unknown band from Florida. Their first record, Party Traumatic, is one of my favorite records ever. They only made mm -hmm. two. Uh, I underestimate my 
The song is called I've Underestimated My Charm. Um, I could have gone with a couple other songs on this record. It's a good record. We, we should probably do that one. We probably will. Just yeah. because I've loved that one for quite a long time. And um, the song's good. The lyrics are really good. I don't know why they weren't bigger. I have no idea. Because it seems like they fit really into that 2008 time where they should have kind of blown up at least one of the songs. Yeah, they probably got lost in the the streaming exchange um, when people stopped buying records. Because really, I think between yeah 2006 or 7 and 2012, there was a lot of change and a lot of like... Well, there definitely was. But you know, and they they look kind of weird. They're not all black kids. I think two are and two are white kids. Kind of a, I don't know, not even goth. I don't know how to describe them. Just kind of, it's hard to categorize for sure. Dancey pop, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say it. It probably is one of those things where they didn't know what box to put them in. Yeah. So those bands always have a hard time, an uphill battle to to get the the press that they need to survive. Anyway, if you guys like this song, seek them out because they're really, really good. But I think they're done. They made two records and they're, I haven't heard. They're out. I mean, that's again, another one that's hard to find out information about. Okay. So the next one I've got is one of my favorites. P.O.S. Pissed Off Steph uh, from Minneapolis. Uh, The song is Stand Up, Let's Get Murdered from Audition. 2007 audition actually was his second album but the lyrics are just fantastic they're political it's got a bunch of really nice punch lines in them laser beak on the beat puts out these fantastic horn line samples the guitar might actually be an actual guitar because <laughs> both these guys play guitar uh beak and and uh pos yeah and I think this is where POS started to get some some national press and kind of distance himself from some of the other local MCs in Minneapolis. This song's always been huge to me. I put it on running playlists and, and different things. I love everything about it. Yeah, this one I had heard of before you gave it to me, which is not very typical with the uh, Minneapolis uh, sound. I, there's a very few of them where I'm like, oh, I've heard that before. <laughs> you heard this before I gave it to you? Yeah. I don't know how or when or why, but um, yeah, when you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, hey, I know that guy. I've heard that before. Not that it registered because, you know, again, probably not my flavor, but, um, but I, I think oh. I get why you like it. Well, I mean, he really shows his punk rock roots, you know. He was yeah, it definitely has an edge. Before, and yeah, it, it definitely has a, a, a cutting edge, and I love the lyrics. Very pissed off and angry and political and, you know, stand up to the government. And even if you feel beat down, stand up. It's got a really nice message um, about, uh, you know, not putting up with crap that's not fair. So yeah. even if you that- don't have anything... Stand up and let people know um, what's right and what's not. So, totally agree. The, the whole That's record, a good list, man. Good, but I did want to put one more on there too, just 
we don't get political on this show at all, but the song <laughs> Russians uh, by Sting. Yeah. I, it's always been my favorite Sting song. I have the 45 that I bought at a store just as a wall hanger. It's more of a prayer than a sermon. I think the lyrics are very um, appropriate for today as well. Mm-hmm. So, Well, we can a, count that one. That's why I'm putting that one <laughs> as, as a bonus. So, No, I think music has a certain capacity to express ideas and thoughts that like there's always been, you know, protest songs and uh, yeah. rebellion songs and the, it's the blues. Like there's always been this undercurrent of um, this poetic funneling of emotion and thought and processing into um, this artistic form that really lends itself to kind of political expression. And I think the particular those last few, the the Lurie tune and then um, POS and, and Sting, I think they have that built into them and I think there's nothing wrong with that, I think. No, I, I, I do lean ideas into, and stuff. I do certainly lean into some of those songs. If it's you know, if it's heartfelt, if it's not, you know, a money grab song or, you know, the yeah. flavor of the month kind of thing. That song Russians, I mean, that was made in the 80s, and it's a little bit sad that it's still so relevant yeah. now. But I don't think it's a, you know, a piss take or anything that he just kind of was throwing one off. I, I think the lyrics are are more direct than a lot of his other songs, where yeah. he gets kind of ethereal and sort of poetic. And these are pretty much straightforward. I like that a lot. It, it's Love no it. field of wheat or whatever. What was that stupid song he did? <laughs> Fields of gold. Uh, yeah. That one. But I mean, I think it was wheat in the, the original draft was wheat. So, you know, like the record label probably put a squash on. Yeah. That. You had the, you're, you're remembering the, the you know, the old <laughs> demos that you had. Of Sting, so. uh, yeah. yeah. Hey, dude, well, let's go to your list. <laughs> You guys will be amazed to hear Nate's list is actually good. So uh, I know. Um, try and calm the shock. You're like of, I know, of, I made it. <laughs> yeah, no duh, jerk. What did you expect? No particular order, I think, uh, except for like the last two, because um, they're going back to the, the our favorite band episode. Bernicke Ladies and Toad Wet's Rocket, probably one and two all time for me. And so they both get lots of play here. Um, starting at the bottom, Pinch Me from Bernicke Ladies. I, I've always loved that tune. Um, it is 1B with the other Bernicke Ladies song I'll get to in just a minute. It's the best song of the Steve era. Um, still kind of an Ed tune. Um uh, but I just love the vibe and the feeling of kind of longing and that moment of life uncertainty where you're wanting more and you're feeling kind of this trapped feeling that there's more out there. Um, but then again, all your stuff's here. So why would you, <laughs> why would you, it's that kind of torn feeling. I really like uh, the nostalgia feel of it. It does have you know, that, yeah, a lot. They're talking about, you know, 
running through the sprinklers and then all that. I just think it was it was really cool. I don't even think it's the best record on the or the best song on this record, but obviously it's the obvious first single. I mean, if you're yeah, no, for sure. But, but I yeah. think again, while you're you're dealing with these these kinds of songs, it's not about the best one always. It's not about the one that might be higher quality or even the ones you like the best. I kind of feel like this list is about meaning and um, oh yeah, kind for of sure. the value beyond yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have to explain it. I mean, if I was yeah. like a record company exec, this is the best song. It's not my favorite one, but this is definitely, I think, the best song on, on Maroon, which is yeah. probably my favorite BNL record. Yeah. Like I said, definitely the best song of the Steve era for me. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it could be argued and I, I might change my opinion tomorrow. Oh, I got no, no complaint with this song at all. Yeah. Uh, next one, Jam by Toad the Wet Sprocket. This is 1B of the other Toad song I'll get to. Uh, Gin Blossoms, a uh, song called 29 off New, New Miserable Experience. Again, one of the the lower tracks that didn't get a lot of play. Uh, then number nine, Time by Hootie and the Blowfish. Eight, Signs Out of the Beach by the Counting Crows. Uh, seven is the one that Kyle will probably mock me relentlessly for. Uh, Dr. Jones by Aqua. I won't disappoint. I, I will defend that uh, at when the time comes. Uh, Good Intentions by Toad the West Rocket. This one is the 1A. And then uh, Say It Isn't So by The Outfield. Seven Nights, Seven Days by the Fratellis. Uh, number three, When You Were Mine by the Night Terrors of 1927. Uh, Sunburn by Kitmore. And my number one, for so many reasons, You Run Away by Bare Naked Ladies. It's the first single they did after Steve left the band. I think it's Ed's best song. I, I, he's a really great songwriter, but I think this one is far and away the one that um, I certainly love the most because it, it just builds. It starts out kind of melancholy and just kind of turns into this kind of hard hitting thumper towards the end. And you can just feel the pain and the kind of emptiness that happens uh, throughout the song. Well, I think, the cool thing too, it wasn't a jokey song. Like a lot no. of their stuff that they were coming out with during, you know, the Steve era was, you know, fun and light. This one was very direct and pretty obvious about what he's singing about. And um and the lyrics are great and cutting and the kind of lets you into a lot of the personal stuff that was going on at the time. Yeah. Uh Ed's very big about <clears throat> um, letting your specificity and your lyrics connect with um, your audience. Cause I, I don't know the feeling of you can, you can be a little too vague and he doesn't come out and say it, which is kind of interesting. Um, but it's thinly veiled in a lot of places. What he's talking about. Well, I did see an interview that he had did and um the radio station guy was at. So, you know, this is about you and Steve. Said, well, no, not necessarily. It could have been about 
anybody that I was in a band with for 20 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> I but, do remember that interview. That yeah, was he was sort of acknowledging, well, duh. But, yeah. you know, without mentioning by name, so sure, this could mean something else to somebody. But with you being so such a close follower of the band, you know, and knowing what was going on and knowing a little more of the background. So when the song came out, it was like, you know, sort of an acknowledgement and gave you a little insight too. Yeah. Well, they, they were very secretive about what exactly was the friction. And so to for them to come out kind of in a, in a very public kind of display of um, here's the art we made from this painful experience. Right. You know, and allowing you as a fan to kind of be in on that too and kind of um, convalesce with them and like grieve but, with them. Right. But at the same time, it's not a diss track. You know, he's like, you know, no. I, I made a mess who doesn't. And, you know, I made mistakes and I lied, but you lied better. And so he, it's, it's a give and take that, you know, I'm part of, this situation it's not something that happened to me it's something that happened and i was in this but um you can still feel some of the anger though that maybe i have to talk it out in a song because we didn't get to talk it out together right but but again i think because of ed's kind of that whole specificity mindset people finding their own um their own situations mirrored in it sure any any long-term relationship has a potential for long-term pain and when when any relationship ruptures you're gonna have these kind of feelings and it's and it's presented in a way where if you've had anyone run away this song is gonna resonate and this song is gonna be cathartic for you cool man yeah yeah that so, says it my all. number one I, I, you know, I love a good breakup song, no matter what the relationship is. And that's kind of a, kind of a perfect one. Kablow. Kablow. Uh, Kit Moore is one of my favorite artists. Again, my favorite album of his is 2017 Slow Heart. I love that record. Uh, and this uh, song Sunburn is the best for me. I mean, it's a, it's a close uh, top two uh, with the other song called bittersweet company uh, i feel like this is some of his best work has a very jack and diane kind of you know <laughs> icarus relationship where it was too hot to last kind of a thing um this story about his this kind of fleeing relationship at um at a fair maybe i don't know but i don't uh, know but yeah i i love this song this is really good i'm not a big hit fan but Certainly not in your league, but this is a great song. Really clever lyrics in it. And you can tell this sounds sort of personal, like maybe yeah. it's kind of real. So uh, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, it, it, I it think it's because it's not very country. It's very country flavored rock. Yes. It, it, I, I, like it's not in the alt country world, but. Um, it's it's very rock adjacent in, in a lot of country flavor, and I think I think that really gets me too. But yeah, I think you're right. The lyrics are are they're not like waving your 
or smashing your nose in it. <laughs> right, Clever, right. but but they are they have a wit to them and a and a turn of yeah. phrase that is, that is is really kind of uh, interesting. Oh, it's the opposite of everything I hate about Bro Country. You know, this yeah. this is definitely not it, and probably why he's not getting played on the radio because he's too clever for his own good. Yeah, it has depth, and I think right. that's what you what you're missing in. Yeah, you know, Solo Cup and honky tonk badonk donks and I, stuff no, it's, like it's yeah, uh, yeah. give me a headache. That stuff sucks <laughs> so bad. I hate yeah, that nothing. crap. There's but, definitely more to, to, and I think that's why I like him. I think that's why he resonates with me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good pick uh, on that. The next two kind of go hand in hand for me. They came out uh, right around the time of a major uh, event in my life. Uh, both kind of relationship ending. I wouldn't say breakups necessarily with seven nights and seven days, but uh, certainly capture a, f- a time in my life where these feelings were uh, very heightened. And, and normally you would think that wouldn't make for a a lasting impression or um, desire to have them <laughs> continuing in my life, but they they were part of the recovery and part of the the processing of of the thing, and um, they're just good songs. And they're "When You Were Mine" by Night Terrors from nineteen twenty seven, featuring Tegan and Sarah um, off "Everything's Coming Out Roses" off in twenty fifteen. Uh, I don't have any other Night Terror songs. I don't have any particular interest in in diving into their um, catalog. But this song found me and uh, and burrowed its way into my soul. <laughs> it's it's catchy. It's meaningful. It's powerful. And I think it uh, again goes right hand in hand with Seven Nights and Seven Days by the Fratellis. In a in a a different kind of way, but definitely has that um, resonance. It, 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 I, I don't know that I can describe, and I don't know that I can um, convey, but it goes beyond the music for me. No, I mean, we're, we're the same in that we do use music to get over hard times, and there's definitely songs that, that you know get up in your face and poke you out and say, Hey, I'm here to help you. So yeah, for night sure. terrors, unfortunately are not around anymore. Tegan and Sarah still are, but um, it's a great song and very different from seven nights, seven days, which is more of an up tempo, upbeat song. If you don't really listen to it, I'm like, Oh, it's kind of yeah. a fun, you know, bouncy tune, but um, two different songs, but uh, definitely in the same vein. Yeah. They're both uh, very, very good. If you're confused about what Seven Nights and Seven Days is about, go watch the video they put out for it. Uh, it is uh, about this kind of sad clown. And you would think that would be silly and kind of stupid, but it's amazing how much feeling and how much uh, empathy you can feel for this this character in two and a half minutes. And you know, by the end, you're rooting for this this guy uh it's it's really powerful and i i, I may i might link it in the in the show notes because i um <laughs> i because no, there's ahead. been a kind of a couple of them but yeah, yeah the that, video for that is, is awesome i kind of wonder about that because i know the clown they have that clown face on the the uh the single 
Yep. I don't wonder what that was about, but the whole album's really, really good. Yeah, so, it, it is one of my favorite albums of all time as well. You need medicine. Go buy it right now. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, next one, Say It Isn't So by The Outfield. We've talked about this record a lot. I love it. This song is my favorite song off that record. It, I, it captures a very particular time in my life. I was working swing shifts and um, at a very impressionable time. Just the line, particularly the walking in the midnight sun once again. It's particularly when you're coming home at one in the morning and there's a full moon and it's bright. And it's just very kind of empty. Like the world's all asleep and you're all by yourself. And it's just this kind of overwhelming. Like the the amount of sound and power that get out of three piece is amazing. Um yeah, yeah, this one could have made my list too. It's one of my favorites. It made my original 55, but I never get tired of this song. I love everything about it. The vocals, the guitar, drums, lyrics, everything. It's, it's such a good song. That this bridge one is amazing. Doesn't get as much play as Your Love. I never no. figured out why, but this song I think is much, much better. But yeah, I mean, Your Love is good, but again, it's probably good, the over, overplayed thing. Right. And maybe that's good for this, that it doesn't get overplayed as much. But the best yeah. song on their best record, again. Yeah. And that album is one of the best of all time. Yeah, we've just, talked I about don't, that. I don't care who you are. That's yeah. uh, <laughs> Get your cult- cultural literacy out and go, go check that one out. Yeah. Uh, next one, Good Intentions by Toadlet Sprocket. Off In Light Syrup. Their 1992 <sighs> B-Sides and Rarities thing. I don't really understand why. They needed one of these because um, it's such a good song and it it got kind of buried. Like, I don't remember it being I, released necessarily. Well, I blame them or their producer because obviously one of the better songs of that era for them, mm-hmm. but it was put on the Friends soundtrack. I think that's why it got play. I don't think it sold Maybe. particularly. This album weighed gold, this b-sides hods and sods and whatnot but yeah um and it definitely got airplay but not put on a proper album i have no idea why it just makes no sense yeah i mean because tell those rocket you, people hear it and they think walk on the ocean yep <laughs> there's so so much more to give than that and so many better tunes and this is one of them it should have just it should have been huge especially in in that early 90s when that's the weird thing as big as uh, this band seemed like they were they only had three top 40 hits yeah it's 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 bizarre because i'm like i know i've heard a lot more of these songs and not just from you i make on the radio and and you know maybe in friends and different things and uh, they've had a lot of soundtrack tunes yeah. yeah for sure but I don't know why they didn't sell more. They've got two platinum albums and a gold record. This one went cold. And that's it. And they've got like their first two records, I don't think sold at all. Like that Pale album. Yeah. It, and they I were think in it, Columbia, I think, the whole time. Yeah, at least through the Really 90s. unfortunate, I think. Because we'll, we'll talk about Pale a little bit later. Um, but I, I think definitely, even as popular as they were, um, should have been bigger and should have should have resonated better. I, I think I blame the record company for choosing some of these singles that maybe weren't 
Like, because off Dulcinea, they the song that they released was the 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 fall down, which I don't think is the best song on that record, and I think they could have really um, picked a better option. But well, n- neither here nor there. That we're not talking about. Dulcinea. They did have largely stupid album covers and stupid <laughs> titles for their albums. Dulcinea, right? I I mean, you're not wrong. Uh... <laughs> I, I really think that helps, especially when people are buying physical media, which they were in the 90s. And CDs sold more in the 90s than any other time. Yeah, for sure. And so I think that would have helped to capitalize on them. They, and their name is stupid. I've What's this red one it. with a flower on it? I don't want that. Well, yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, there's more than tens of people that I've heard Oh, I saw that first Iron Maiden record, and it was so cool. I had to get it. There was something to that. You're advertising yeah. your band. So I think that's part of the reason. It's like, well, what the hell is this? Plus, you know, in that time, I mean, that was probably hard to navigate that field. You're not a grunge band, which was huge, yeah. huge. Pop bands were, I don't know. There was a few, but it was a really weird time in the 90s. So for them to have as much success as they did, just based on their pure talent. But they did get played on the radio and MTV helped them out, but they didn't seem to get as much as maybe they should have. Yeah. Well, again, probably one of those hard hard to put in a box. Yeah. All right, so on to the uh, perhaps most controversial one of my picks. Uh, your uh, your Scandinavian uh, <laughs> banner carriers for the uh, dance. I don't know what to call it. Uh, you're kind of on your own. Here. If you're looking for a, a lifeline, <laughs> I, I can't really help you out on this one. Whatever, dude. Aqua. Uh, best known for their Barbie girl. This, the one I put on here is called Dr. Jones and not the album version. The album version is fine, but it, it, it is a little <laughs> too, too much. Uh, this is the adrenaline club mix. And I don't care what Kyle says. If you like that kind of poppy bouncy dance music, that is, is just, electronic and fun and catchy this is good because it it kind of uh softens and sands out the rough guy voice we talking like this <clears throat> it smooths that out and so See, it's not as abrasive that's the thing to me that seems really cartoony kind of like a kmfdm light not yeah KMFDM songs light but kind of a i don't know i don't know if he's trying to be jokey or if that's real or because obviously Barbie Girl was not yeah. really a good representation of the band, or maybe it was. I don't know, but I'm like, I I, I don't get it. Yeah, no, I, this one, I, I I really want to not like it, just because it of of the associations of the the stuff about them and that era and that kind of music that I don't like. Uh, because there, there there are several bands, you know, the Vanga Boys and. Uh, I, I I went to pull other names from that well and it's empty. Um, but <laughs> the, uh, the this song is. this song gets me in in a way that I don't understand because it, it, it is a little more sincere and a little more 
on purpose than than everything else on those records and it is it is fun and catchy but it's not silly i don't know if that makes sense um i i don't know i mean as far as their intention you put it on guilty pleasure i'm like there's no guilty pleasure you like it you don't have to explain why yeah, well you <laughs> well, trying really hard to but I, if you read the whole thing i said not a guilty pleasure don't care if you don't like it make your own list yeah it, exactly <laughs> which which i did but you know and you got your list and so that's why you got it i'm sure there's a ton of people that love this song oh i'm sure I, so but I, I think that's the problem is the the front facing aqua the very silly and um laughable version like people aren't going to look past it they're not going to dig deeper um and they're is not going to allow indiana it jones huh is it about indiana jones it it's non-specific if you if it makes you feel better uh it could be uh could be davy jones we're gonna go with Indiana Jones. That'll help. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let it be written. As far as I know, uh, Davy wasn't a doctor of anything, <laughs> except with uh, the ladies. The ladies. All right. Moving oh, on. Yes. Uh, Einstein on the Beach by Counting Crows. Again, one of those uh, stuck on a rarities disc. Uh, DGC Rarities, Volume 1, from 1994. This is one of Counting Crow's best songs, and I do vaguely remember hearing it on the radio. I, I don't know why or where or how, because I don't think it got any airplay anywhere else. Um, <clears throat> but should have been supported better, should have been a better hit. It's it's better than some of the other stuff that they released to singles during the years uh, following. Um just it it's got good energy it's got an interesting message and yeah i don't know i um i, I don't know why it wasn't bigger and i it, again this one kind of goes back to that that toad song this is, seems like a throwaway song to them I'm like ah, yeah screw it. We'll just, yeah you can have this song you know it's not it's either a b-side or it's something we were just not going to put on the album for whatever reason they, they had to be somebody in their camp a producer a girlfriend somebody who's just like no that one's you guys got to keep that for yourself yeah this All is right. the one you need to push yeah no i mean they do have um it's not like a greatest hits what, films about ghosts they have another song on that um she don't want nobody near that's one of my favorite songs of them. That's a good one too. Yeah. And that doesn't seem to get any traction either. Yeah. And again, I'm like, I don't know if, if whoever's running the record company or the A&R or whatever doesn't know what the hell they're doing or I don't know. But for them to let this one just get kind of tossed away and it's not going to be heard by most people who buy their popular records you know for unless sure. you really dig it seems like a shame yeah it, it feels to me uh when i think about the song i'll very much in the in the vein of uh accidentally in love kind of a thing where it's a really good song and somehow got stuck on a shrek soundtrack like okay I, that's I easy guess... one of the top five songs that song's fantastic yeah I'm like man i don't who knows? I mean, to be All fair, I know is, 
I mean, that was a huge, huge movie, and that did get played yeah. a ton. But oh, for sure. It's on a soundtrack? Yeah. You don't want your biggest hit to be off the soundtrack, do you? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, Counting Crows, underrated. Certainly the song is underrated. Go enjoy it. And uh, thank me later. Uh, number <laughs> number nine, one of the best albums of all time. Uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. The song that probably resonates me, with me more than any other is Time. Good song. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of... 10 other ones that are amazing. Um, I, I think for me, this one's a toss up with Hannah Jane. Th- those two, I, I just love. And I think maybe this one, I, I put slightly above it just because I think it represents the album to me in my soul better than uh, some of the other ones. And if you guys but, are on this record, the last song on there, goodbye is fantastic. That's they're, my favorite. They're all one. good. But there's a I think, lot of good ones. Yeah. I think we would do a, a greatest albums of all time, but this one sold like 15 million records. And it, it's, yeah, it's every, everybody has this. If you go to any used record store, there's 10 copies of it still, just because people are getting rid of their CDs. Yeah. And everybody, well, I think everybody it. had this. Right. I, th- I think there was some backlash for some reason. I don't know if they were hating on their college days or, you know, whatever, but. Hold my hand. That song was dumb. Well, you bought three copies of it. So. Was it? I mean, that's a great song. And plus, when you hear it and you try to think back at the time, nothing ever sounded like that before. No, that was totally it, original. It was revolutionary. I, it was. I really would still say today. I'm still. Unique. Yeah. It's rare to see, um, uh, not just a black guy fronting a rock band, but any black people in rock music. It's just oh, so yeah. cool. And it sounded so good. And, you know, they're from South Carolina and it's just, they weren't from LA and it was just so different and yeah. original and yeah, still one of my favorite records. Yeah. I think, I think maybe we'll do the, the review of it just because even though it's not underrated or certainly wasn't, I think no. it might be now. I think it's time to revisit it. But uh, anyway, for now, go uh, go treat yourself. There's a few of those. Like people that. put, um, you know, Grave Dancers and Dookie. They also, you know, were throwing those out too. So you can find yeah. a bunch of those at used record stores too. I'm like, why aren't you guys keeping these great records? But this yeah. is one of those. Because the record or the <laughs> the used CD store will give them two bucks for it. Yeah, if that. Jerks. But Yeah. Uh, next one, 29 by the Gin Bossoms. New Miserable Experience is one of my favorite records of all time. I just, it, again, probably one of those records that caught me at the right time uh, with the right um, kind of, he used the word flavor, but I think the right vibe uh, for what I was dealing with. And it, it just kind of resonated throughout, throughout the years. Uh, 29 particularly... Um, just the line 29, you think I know better. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's just, it, it, there, I think I love lyrics and I love my music to have messages that, um, are ways of being able to bond over 
shared experience. So like, yeah. you know, that, that feeling of getting to your late twenties would be you're like, uh, okay. So, okay. So this, this is it. Well, I, I should, I should be more 30s, mature than I am. Forties. You're like, I should have my shit figured out by now. Right. Yeah. I don't <laughs> and you're like everybody yeah. else is faking it too. All right. Yeah. Everyone else is, you know, nobody has it figured out. Plus, this record was another one of those, just like Hootie, where if you were in college, you had this record. Everybody oh, sure. had this freaking thing. And it was a Cajun song I love on that, and Allison Road, and mm-hmm. uh, the Hey, Jealousy is a brilliant song. I don't it's, care if it's it got overplayed. Great. It's fantastic. There's yep. so many good songs on this one, too. Yeah. Where, if, uh, just again, if it didn't sell 30 million records, you know, we could probably do yeah I, I am I am noticing a lot of uh through lines in my list a lot of mid 90 uh, early to mid 90s uh stuff <laughs> which I guess tells you a lot about my experience no I looked at that too but you had more current stuff than I did I think my most current one was 2008 and you had uh, a few in the in the 2010s yeah. so well I I guess that's true the uh the the top half is a little more varied but the the meat of it seems to be very early to, to late nineties. Mine was formative years too, so eighties and nineties mostly. Well, so. I think that's the thing with the with this list is it it's going to be different for everyone in terms of you know what songs are on their lists, but um, the the songs that that carry through are the songs you experience while you are having these formative experiences in these formative times in your life and a lot of that happens in that high school college era but as we've determined with some of my other picks there are formative experiences that happen later and um tumultuous relationships are a big thing and you know changes in lifestyle or well i mean uh, they should you don't want that stuff you don't want peak in high school and say, well, nothing good has happened <laughs> since then. So you want to have, you want to still be able to learn and grow and have oh, these different sure. things. And sometimes it's just a song. Sometimes that song just is, just does it for you. Yeah. Oh, so. for sure. Uh, I think I got uh, just one last one we haven't talked about. Uh, Toilet Sprockets 1989 album, Pale. Glenn was probably like 11 years old. <laughs> like, he's very young. Um, and the band was very young and this song comes along on a, a real, I, I feel a really underrated record. I think pale is great. It's very moody and kind of, um, almost sad in a way. Uh, but there's some really upbeat tunes and, and jam is one of them. Uh, but if you listen to the lyrics, it's this very mature, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, explore exploration of a decaying relationship where they're both still in it, but it's it's falling apart, and you can kind of see it tearing away. It's um, pretty mature for an 11 year old. So, yeah, I, I he might have been 12. Glenn. Yeah, who knows? I just turned 12. <laughs> Good job, Glenn. Good job. No, Glenn. This record didn't sell at all no yeah 
No, it didn't have any like hits on it or anything. They didn't have too many hits, but it definitely wasn't yeah. on this. But and so, but oh. yeah, I would argue really underrated, and a lot of good tunes. Come back down is on that record. Just so many good, like <clears throat> particularly if you look at what the band became and where they kind of hit their stride and started selling records. A lot of what makes them that band is is present in this one, and um, yeah, definitely worth a listen if you if you like Toad at all. Uh, you might have missed this one because it it wasn't um, you know Dulcinea or Fear. It it has a lot of the, the the seeds of what happens later, and yeah, I love it. No, that's true. They were pretty much a fully formed band at this point. It wasn't like, well, this is kind of a learning experience for them. They're like, no, this is, they pretty much had the same stuff there. Um, different songs. Maybe some of these could have been um, bigger records or, or hits, but um, yeah, I don't see a lot. Not that they didn't mature and grow any of all that stuff, but <laughs> they seemed like they, they had the stuff uh, right from Jump Street. Yeah, I, I, so, th- yeah, I think the talent, like the those talent was records, there. If you have fear and you have some of these later records, and maybe that's how you got into this too, is once you bought the, the bigger ones, you go and get their back catalog. And this is probably why this is sold at all. Maybe. I'm trying to remember if I had, I think I might have had fear first and then gone backwards with it. Yeah. Um, but the, I definitely have associations and, um, memories associated with this record. And I think that's the thing. It's the marriage of time and place and, um, you know, all the music kind of blending into the, to this kind of amalgamation of, you know, sense memory. Sure. For real. Cool. Cool, man. That seems to wrap up the list then. Yeah. And yours. It's a, it's a weighty, a weighty thing. We'll probably do release them as two separate lists on the Spotify list. So that'll uh, work. Watch out for that. Just because I think they they do. There is some overlap, obviously, because we kind of have a uh, you know similarity in some areas of stuff we like. Uh, but I, I I think the the idea of having them kind of live in their own world is, is probably better. So you can kind of, yeah, that'll work for sure. No, the, the black kid song definitely sounds like a Nate song, but yeah, um, it does. Yeah. And, and it's some of these, like I said, they could have made my list too, for sure. So yeah. I all right, dude, but some of the other I think it was a good exercise. I think I liked um, kind of diving into, you know, some of the, the core stuff. Like we don't really talk a lot about, um, particularly like with the Aqua song, like that, there's no way that would come in anywhere <laughs> else in our podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, unless we do like some kind of technical techno list or something, but yeah. it's not going to be one of those albums that we talk about because I think even you would admit that you're not going to want to talk about the whole record. And I, honest to God, don't know what the song's about, so <laughs> never going to make any of my list, but. No, there's, like I said, there's a couple of songs on mine where I like these songs a lot, but I don't really like the band. Yeah. And that's fine, too. So, 
yeah, there, there's there's a bit of a mix there, um, for sure. But uh, anyway, so until next time, kids, we'll uh, talk to you later. See ya. Thank <laughs> you.